right, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Evangelisti. Today, we are joined by someone who I think is a little bit special, is going to have some, some adversity, some challenges, some uh, wins and some losses to share with us. I want to welcome to the show today, Marco Kozlowski. Did I say hey, that dude. right, Marco? Are you perfect? <laughs> Couldn't have said it better awesome. myself. Awesome, brother. I was just we were just we were just chatting about it before I hit uh, record here, and uh, you have you have a pretty uh, challenging background. It looks like, but you've you've come from some adversity, and really in the last five years have stepped it up, and and uh, you know to the point where you're averaging fifteen hundred units and acquisitions a year. Um, you know we have a lot of real estate investor folks that listen to this show, and so you know hopefully we can add some value to them and talk about some of those uh, some of those wins and some of those pitfalls along the way. Absolutely. Love to uh, give as much value as possible. Yeah. Lots of adversity. That's part of Fantastic. life. Well, well, give us, give us a little bit of, give us your uh, elevator speech. What, to give us some background. Tell us how you got here. All right. Uh, I'll give you the short story. Quick background. I'm originally from Canada. Got married at 18, four kids at 24. I uh, was a concert pianist, broke, always uh, come from a very moderate, moderately poor family. Uh, money was uh, always an evil topic. Couldn't really talk about it. Uh, didn't have an upbringing of how to be wealthy. Uh, and when I got married, had the four kids and I struggled, I hated that lifestyle. And I wanted to figure out what I could do to improve my, my family's life. Uh, always struggling over, over cash, create a lot of friction between myself and my spouse. And I'm not sure, Joe, or anyone that's listening, if you know what the number one cause of divorce is. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're on it. It's, it, it's marriage. Uh, the yeah. second one is actually, uh, is actually, money. <laughs> That's crazy. The, the second one's money. Yeah. So I was like, this is terrible. And uh, I actually saw an infomercial after a really big uh, spat with my spouse and uh, it was about buying real estate. And I was living in Montreal at the time. And this was uh, actually a seminar that was done on the U S side. It was in New York. Went over, went over there, learned a couple things and that got me started and uh, for fast forward, 21 years uh, after lots of up and downs. In fact, I lost everything in 2009 uh, and 2008, not only through the crash, actually we're, we're doing pretty well up to then. I had, uh, I've gotten divorced uh, between, uh, between 2003 and then got remarried and lived in Las Vegas. And my, my spouse and I were uh, at the time were buying as many um, properties as possible because in, I don't know if you were in the real estate business at that time, but you could literally put your dog's name and get a mortgage and actually pull 20% more out than the purchase. So if you're pulling out 10 to 20% more on the purchase, why buy a $200,000 property? Let's buy a $5 million property and pull out, you know, half a million to $750,000 and did that over and over and over again. So we were actually pulling out a lot of cash because we knew it was going to not be forever. Stockpiled a whole lot of cash, uh, living really well, having a great lifestyle, had hundreds of properties at that point, mostly single families. And uh, when the crash hit uh, and we pretty cash flush, we're starting to buy, you know, really cheap properties. At that time, you could buy a three bedroom, two bath house in Las Vegas with a pool uh, for 25 grand. And, you know, wow. that, was, that was the right time to buy. Except yeah. my spouse had a different plan. She decided to take all the cash and disappear and <laughs> left me with all the debt. And I was homeless uh, a couple of months after. Uh, went from homelessness to uh, what we're doing today, which is uh, about 1,500 units a year on average over the last five years. Uh, this year, we're, we've crested over that. We're over 2,000 already, and we're only halfway through the year. Uh, there's a great opportunity right now because of what's going on. Uh, again, I don't want to take advantage of anyone. I hate taking advantage of people. It's not my, in my DNA. 
But the reality is, is people do want to sell for quick cash. And if they're going to leave some equity on the table and you have access to money, then you should buy it. And they need to sell to somebody. It might as well be you if you know what you're doing. Absolutely. So that's what, we, that's it. Man, that, boom. that was a mouthful. So, 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 I mean, we're, we're going to get deeper into this, but I mean, first of all, A, I think uh, after five years of doing podcasting, you're my first uh, concert pianist uh, huh. that I've ever had on the show. So congratulations to that. Well, thanks. Um, but, but man, you said a lot of good things there. I mean, you know, our, our guests are no stranger to people who failed during the, the crash, right? But you had that compound with the fact that, you know, the ex-wife took all the cash, left you with a bunch of mortgages. So, I mean, you obviously were at a low, lower than most people have experienced. I mean, I mean homelessness, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's got to be a challenge. How did you mentally get yourself out of that and get back refocused? Well, I was pretty suicidal. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was pretty damn close to that. Uh, I, it was a really, really difficult time because uh, as you start making a lot of money, your identity starts uh, attaching your, itself to how much money you have. And it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't the right choice. Of course, I, I know that now in retrospect. But at the time, it was like, I'm, you know, I'm, we're doing a million a month, a million a month, you know, making all sorts of cash. Uh, I can do what I want. And your ego gets in the way. And suddenly, when you lose all that, and your identity is goes from having whatever you want to literally being homeless, uh, bill collectors calling every five seconds, a person that you're married to betrays you, and you're faced with a lot of crap. I don't know if I can I can say the yes. You know, I don't know. What oh, I can no, yeah, you can curse. You can curse. All right. Show, I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend any, uh, any virgin <laughs> ears, but I was, it was, it was a lot of shit to go through and it was, it was extremely difficult. I'm not going to lie. And a funny story. It was actually a homeless man that turned it around in a way. Uh, I was, I was going, I was actually on a three day bender, hadn't slept in three days, drank more than any human should ever drink. And when it, when the homeless man asked me if I could spare any change, when I looked at him, he went, <laughs> and when a homeless man looks at you and goes, you know, you look like shit, right? So it was, it was, <laughs> I remember that sound and it, it still gives me the creepy crawlies and uh, wow. very little motor skills. I go into my pocket and I you know, pull out what I think is money. It drops on the floor. I kick it to him and he actually kicks it back to me and says, I think you're going to need more than I do. And I, Whoa, that was another wow. kind of slap in the face. Kicked it back to this guy. He kicks it back. We're playing this weird soccer game of kick the dollar bill. And I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm out of here. So I wob, you know, literally stagger across. And he says, you should try wearing red socks for a while. Which that's what I heard. I don't know if that's what he said, but that's what I heard. <laughs> so I go back to my place and, you know, I, I've been pawning stuff out of my house because I, I needed money to survive. And um, yeah, I basically slept on the floor and I don't know how many days it was when I woke up, but. I could still remember that wear red socks it was really strange, really eerie. And I tried to forget it, but it just kept creeping back. Uh, went on to every store. And this is in 09 when sock stores didn't exist there. You have, you know, the color socks you have are black, uh, white, brown, or blue. Those are your options. Uh-huh. No red socks. Go to every store yeah. I can find, go online. The only, the only place that has red socks is out of Australia. Uh, buy these socks using my mom's credit card because my credit cards no longer worked. My mom's credit card. It was extremely embarrassing. Uh, it finally gets there and I forgot about it. I almost forgot about it by that time. And uh, when I got the package, uh, I was just in my underwear and I had you know, a grizzly beard on because I hadn't shaved in a long time. I didn't care about myself at all at that point. I was like literally just, I gave up hope. 
And I put these socks on and this is in the morning and obviously nothing happens. And I go about my day and bill collectors call, bill, bill collectors call and I'm literally dodging their calls. I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And closer to the evening, uh, one of my really good friends calls that I haven't talked to in a long time. Uh, and it was a different ringtone. So I actually picked that call up and we start shooting the shit, you know, what's going on. And, uh, he, he just had a baby and I had four kids. So I give him some parental advice. I'm there for my, 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 you know, my really good friend, his name's David. And, uh, you know, we're just, I'm there, I'm present for him and I'm giving him advice. I'm not thinking about my problems. I'm not deep wallowing in within myself. Poor me, poor me. What am I going to do? And I basically forget about my situation. I'm just present for my friend and I try to serve him and help him as much as I can. And 20 minutes, three minutes goes by of this happening. And then he asked me what's going on with me. You know, I break down crying. I, 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 you know, I tell him what happened. And this is a very frugal person. And he doesn't have, like, he doesn't live high on the hog. He's just a regular guy, really good friend of mine. And he says, you know, I've been saving for the last five, six years. I got 50,000 bucks that I can, I can give you everything I have minus a few bucks because I just got the, you know, obviously my kids are just born. I'll give you everything I have. I know you're a good guy and I know you're going to take care of me because you've always done well. And it's still, it's, it's, I'm going to start crying if, I, if I'm not careful because it, it touched me so much that he would literally give me everything he had. And for him to do that is a huge, huge deal. And I was Amazing. like, wow. You know, and that is, to me, that was incredible, number one. But even more incredible is that, you know, it, 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 it taught me, first of all, I was like, wow. And second, I zoom in on my underwear and then my red socks. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I, this is the first day I wear my red socks. What changed? What's the lesson here? And I wasn't arrogant. I wasn't poor me, poor me. I wasn't blaming everybody. I was just present and serving my friend and he wanted to help me. So from that day forward, uh, my mission was no longer all about me is how I can help and serve other people. How can I give them value without necessarily expecting anything? Cause I didn't, cause that's important. How can I, what can I bring to the table? What can I serve someone with? And whatever happens, happens. And that's why I wear red socks every day. Unless I'm wearing sandals because I'm not European. I'm, or, or, or <laughs> I'm just going to say, you got to wear, you got to wear red socks every single day. That, that's amazing. Only Man, what a story on so many levels, right? There's, there's, there's business in there. There's life advice. Like, you know, we always talk about, and I think it's overused at this, you know, this day and age, but bring value to others. I mean, you just explained, you just demonstrated what that is. Be there for somebody, listen, be present, pay yes. attention, offer whatever you can. I think so many, so many people, um, people in general, entrepreneurs, business owners, they don't think they have value to, to bring to people. Uh, and that, and therefore they don't really know how to define that piece. But for you, at your absolute bottom, you know, the worst scenario you've ever been in, you found a way to kind of bring value to someone who needs it. And I think that that message is just so powerful. And thank, was, you for, thank you for sharing that. And it was by accident. And I, again, it still chokes me up when I talk about it, sort of carpmentalized in a way where I don't really want to talk about it very much, but you asked, so I'm going to. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it was a very hard time in my life. And it was the realization that the more I, 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 I serve, try to serve myself first, the less things are going to work. And from, from that, and then of course I'm still homeless. Yes. I got 50 grand, which didn't go very far because I had employees that were on payroll that had to be paid. And they thought, you know, okay, I get that, you know, your spouse took everything, but I still need to get paid. So I was able to take care of the, you know, the wolves that were circling that were the hungriest, but it, 
it, it reshifted my focus into, into the right direction where, okay, I can buy properties in Vegas at 25,000 uh, a piece and I can buy as many of those as I want. Okay. I don't have money, but can I get access to money? And at that time, mm. I'm, at that, I'm, I'm Canadian and the dollar was actually worth, the Canadian dollar was worth more than the American dollar at that time. So I literally say, hey, we can buy these properties at this price. Uh, if you put in the money, we'll sp- I'll find the deal. We'll split it 50-50 and, or you can have 51%. I'll do all the work and your money's going to work well for you. And that's exactly mm. what happened. Bought as many as I could. Got partnered into those deals. Was well taken care of because I'm helping other people have a high return on their cash. My, re- my credit was irrelevant because they're making a good return. And that cycled into how I can access money because most people don't get into real estate because they think they need money or credit and you don't, you just need access to money. And if you have the right deal, the money will always be there. And one of the reasons we buy so many properties is we create opportunity by helping sellers that are in distress that need to sell quickly, that are open to a heavy discount in exchange for a quick sale. And we have access to money where people want a quick return, a good return, because money in money by itself makes no money. If you put money in a bank, it loses money because of inflation, right? And it just doesn't make any money. If money is worth less today than it is going to be in, in uh, you know, than it was yesterday. Uh, it's just going down in value. So if you know how money works and you know someone wants a high return, it's just sitting there, just rotting, find the right opportunity, married to the money, and you make the spread. And we just do that over and over and over and over again. I love it, man. No, I mean, look, you've defined our business in a nutshell, right? Is being a good steward of money, helping people create more opportunity with their money. But I think the best thing that I like about what you just said was you were absolutely down and out and you had the guts to go ask for the money, right? I've had people come to our events before where their self-limiting belief is, you know, um, you know, my past is going to dictate my future and Mm. I can't ask people for money because, you know, I used to be a drug dealer. Or I used to be, you know, I used to have a record. I used to be something that I'm not anymore. And that self-limiting belief keeps people from, from thinking that they're worthy of helping others with their money. But if you're a good steward and you understand the business, you understand that you're always going to be able to, to offer that benefit. Um, because what makes us special is we know how to find deals, right? Absolutely. So, you know, you're able- yeah. So, so, so tell me from that point, you, you bought some houses in Vegas, you started getting back on your feet. When did you get back? In, when did you get into the multi uh, family space and the bigger deals? I actually had a multifamily that uh, went up in, uh, in, 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 in revenue. Uh, it wasn't doing very well. And when the crash hit, uh, inter- uh, interesting thing happened uh, because people needed affordable housing. Uh, the more people got into affordable housing as far as tenants go. And when there's a supply and demand uh, issue, and like any business, <clears throat> I think the number is like 12 million people lost their homes between oh, oh, like between eight and 12, about 12 million people, which is the entire, mm. the number of households in Canada, just to, to yeah, you know, yeah. if you're Canadian, that makes a bit, it's, that's a lot of people, 12 million yeah. people. So we have 12 million people on the, on, that are on the hunt for a place to live. They can't afford necessarily high-end places, but they can certainly afford affordable housing. When there's, mm-hmm. when there's supply and demand, 12 million new people in the marketplace, rents go up. So our rents went up, our occupancy went up, and in so doing, the value of the property went up. Because as you know, in multifamily, it's based on revenues, mm-hmm. and that revenue de- determines what the value is. So I was like, shit, I need to buy more of these. And, you know, and the key is really how to get, get into the right deals. Excuse me. So if you understand uh, motivators, 
Uh, and uh, because I had to struggle at the beginning because I didn't have access to uh, credit-based lenders ever because I'm Canadian. I had no social security number. I was buying uh, properties in the U.S. as a Canadian. I had to really figure out uh, how to buy the right properties at the right price so I never had to use my own money because I didn't have any. So every mm -hmm. property we buy is $0 out of pocket for me because I buy it at the right price. And mm -hmm. um, I, I've really figured out how to... And I help others figure it out. It's not just about me. It's I, I've really empowered sure. the, the people that want to learn how to get into the right deals at the right price and not have me ask for the money. Uh, she said something that I think is very good is you shouldn't be afraid to ask for money, but you shouldn't be necessarily the one asking for the money. It's the deal that's asking for the money. And yeah. if the deal makes sense, you'll always get the money. It's not about you. If you're a drug dealer, if you're a felon, uh, you know, you're still in jail. It doesn't matter. If the deal makes sense, people will buy into it. It doesn't matter about mm -hmm. you because you're not necessarily the one that is asking for the money. It's the deal. And if the deal makes sense, you'll get the money. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love that piece. And, and people always say, well, how do I raise private money? Well, start with a deal, right? Mm. You've got to bring a deal to the table. Like, you know, going around and saying, you know, do you have money available to fund is, is completely meaningless if you don't have anything to offer. So bringing that deal to the table, I think is important. So, so Marco, maybe you could walk us through a couple of examples of some deals you've done recently and maybe where you found them and how you put them together. I'll give you the, the I guess the, the, the brushstroke of how we create deals. Cause I don't really find them. I don't think you can, there are some deals to be found for sure, but uh, mm -hmm. a we're mostly off market. We don't buy on market deals. We don't go on, on uh, the MLS that's retail. Mm -hmm. uh, the processes we use are a, we pull a list of people that have a high, high likelihood of motivation. I call that the five D's, someone that's going through a divorce, someone that is being displaced. There are, you know, 50,000 people that are moving that have, uh, assets that are cash flowing assets that they need to sell about 50,000 uh, per year. Cause, uh, the, anyway, that's about the number of, uh, uh, in that list, um, people that are, uh, uh th that are dying or, or retiring, uh, that I call that the, 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 the D is displacement, uh, sorry, the, the death list or retiring mm -hmm. list, uh, and people that are, are, are affected by disease, uh, someone that has, uh, a disease that they have that they're in the wrong HMO and they need this cure. And it's, it's, it's not the right doctor because they're, they're in this, you know, program, but they want that. So they need to raise cash quickly and they need to sell quickly. And those mm -hmm. lists are all available for free. If you know where to find mm -hmm. them, uh, freedom of information yeah. act allows you to pull that very easily, actually get their emails very easily. And then just send a whole bunch of email sequences to compress the price because we can buy anything full price. It's buying it right. that counts. So the yeah. way, yeah. So we're just emailing, emailing, emailing. That's what we do. I, 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 uh, I don't do a lot of direct mail. I do a lot of emails cause it's, it's faster, it's cheaper and it, you can do a lot of volume that way. I love it. I love it. So what's next? Where are you heading? I mean, what's the goal? What, what, what's the, you know, what's the end game for you? I, uh, really don't have one. Uh, you know, I have, I'm doing, you know, fairly well. Thank you very much. I, um, I, 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 I tried retiring, which is terrible because if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not, uh, if I'm not doing something, I, I, my, my personality is if I'm not moving forward, then I start, you know, self-destructing, which I don't want to do. Um, yep. So from a goal perspective, I just want to help as many people as possible uh, with very specific skills to achieve uh, a level of financial freedom where they don't have to work. You don't have to do anything if you don't want to. There are tons of asset-based lenders. Uh, if you're not familiar with asset-based lending, it's if the deal makes sense, the money's available, regardless of what your credit is. And they can finance these 
without any skin in the game at all, as long as, and if you don't pay, they take it back and they double their returns, mm. uh, which, and they don't care about your credit. It's just like, you know, a title loan. If you go bring your car to a title loan place uh, and, you know, they're going to lend you money based on the value of the car. And if you don't pay them back, they repo the car. Well, in this case, mm. if you don't pay them back, they repo the property and they don't have to find the car because property's there. It's not going anywhere. It's right there. Yeah, it hasn't moved. It hasn't yeah. moved. Super easy. So what's your, what's your favorite part about the business today? I mean, what, what really, gets you excited? What gets you out of bed? Uh, the people and learning new things. It's a really interesting business. Uh, I, I used to be in the real estate business and then I got into the cash flow business. And now it's just interesting to take someone that's, uh, the, the negotiation of it uh, in the, that, those nuances I really enjoy where someone says, no, 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 you know, we absolutely have to have this number. Well, why do you have to have that number? Well, because we owe this and we need this amount of cash. Well, do you need all of this cash? You need it all now? No, no, no. I can take this now and this later. So you can do some really creative deals. Uh, bought a couple properties, actually uh, 600 units out of Chicago that way, where they had, uh, I think it was like $5 million in debt. They needed a million bucks to walk. Uh, and we did some creative financing on the balance. And, you know, we, that million dollars represented like a 32% cash on cash return. So uh, mm. literally you give them a million bucks and you make, you know, 320,000 bucks a year. So then I go to someone that has a million bucks and says, Hey, would you like to make a 15% return on your money? I get, they put in the money and I, you know, I make the difference. So they, yeah. they made a 15% return and I make the spread. So it's, it's fun to put deals together, never using any of your own money. It's fairly creative, but it's a lot of fun. So I, I find that the creative piece of it is the most fun. It's actually trying, it's like, it's like doing a puzzle, you know, trying to solve a puzzle and figure out what's the best scenario for you, for the seller, for the lender, for the, for the team, right? Everybody. Uh, creating win-wins. Yep. Yeah. Well, but. so let me ask you this. If you had a, a, a billboard up on a major highway and you can get 2 million eyeballs a day, what would you put on that billboard? What would you, what would you tell 2 million people if you could? That's a really great question. Mm, what would I tell 2 million people? That's not about you. Uh, but I don't know if, if it depends on what my goal would be. Would it be to, if I really want to impact someone, it's very hard to do it on a billboard, but I could definitely, yeah. uh, well, if I have, if you have a reg D compliance, you could actually offer people a high rate of return and take all their money. Well, not take it, but place <laughs> it properly, uh, piss off the banks, but you could do it if you have the right regulation. But, um, I really don't know how to answer that wisely in, uh, on the spot like that, but uh, depends on what my, my motivation was at that time. But if I really wanted to have 2 million people look at something, man, that is a really good question. Could be Facebook, could be a newspaper. No, no I hear no you. Reason. I hear you. It's a really yeah. great question. And I wish I had really, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not at a loss for words a lot. And what would I really want to impact people with? Probably that they, that, that anything is possible. Uh, anything is really possible. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you've been. Uh, you know, what your bank balance is like. If you have, if you have a real passion to do something, there is a way to get it done. You just need to a remove your ego out of it. Ego is a big factor. Remove the ego make it a, a, as long as it can impact and serve a lot of people, you can make a tremendous amount of money at it and do whatever you want. Um, I'm not in real estate actually to do real estate. I I do it because I enjoy, I, my passion is actually alternative health. I have quite a few okay. alternative health clinics across Canada 
And I use the money that I make in real estate to put into more clinics in Canada because I can't do the stuff in the US that FDA would shut us down. Uh, awesome. So, yeah. So, yeah. There you go. How's that? Love it, man. Love it. Love it. Uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Marco? Uh, well, if you want to know more about me, MarcoKozlowski.com, which most people can't spell. Uh, but if you can go to bigfatchecks.com, uh, I can, uh, myself and my team can actually walk you through buying a multi small multifamily using none of your own money, using asset-based lenders. We actually um, help you do that. Um, we walk you through it on your first one. So you never have to use your own money again. I love that. Uh, I love that URL. Big, my, uh, it bigfatchecks.com. Yeah. Not chicks.com. That's a different website. Yes. Yeah, so big fat. <laughs> Now, listen, I think there were some awesome takeaways. I mean, I love I love a success story. I love a success story that involves struggle. Um, you know, you've been through a lot. You obviously have, you know, a tremendous future ahead of you. Uh, I'm excited that we got this chance to talk. Uh, I think it was a great show. So I appreciate you being on. Thanks, man. I appreciate you very much.